All right, so I, um, I would actually like to start this one off. If that's all right. Let's do oh, it. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait for you to be the, uh, the bit right away. It's going to be great. A few moments later. For the Dodgers and the Giants. Uh, obviously, the Giants won 3-1. Excuse me. Anyways, Tyler, RJ, I want to ask you guys, who are you rooting for in that series? Obviously, the Dodgers now, I think, have 61 wins. Um, or, God, I am now going to be the bit. <laughs> <laughs> a good walk-up song for a good player too no no welcome ladies and gentlemen to the pod squad pod it has been a minute and a half i'm rj shanks joined by my co-host tyler amijo and greg cohen we've been busy boys you know i had an engagement party greg got married what up? Uh, shout out to the Widoms, you know, great, great host. I, I felt like a, you know, a celebrity out there. Big fans of the pod. Shout out to you guys. Hope you're listening today. Craig's definitely uh, so listening. A lot of, a lot of catch up on. But, but first, first, before you know, we've we've got a trade deadline. We got to recap what's been happening since the All Star break. But first, let's talk about our boy William Bradford Myers. Will's good. Some people on this pod would say that Will has not been good, and I have some stats, Tyler, that would disprove them. Greg, did you know in the last in his last 15 games, Will Myers is hitting 341 with an OPS over 1,000? And if you say, but RJ, that's just 15 games. Who cares? In his last 30, he is hitting 298 with an OPS of 966. Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's pretty good, isn't it? You know who's good, RJ? Will's good. And we've Will known this good. forever. Will is good. Again, only player. Uh, there, there are four players that, uh, I guess, two pairs of teammates that have hit two home runs in a playoff game each. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Will Myers, and Fernando Tatis Jr. That's a pretty good list. I think all those players are pretty good on that list. I would agree with that. Uh, uh, Tyler, uh, any, any thoughts as uh, you looked up at us on top of the, uh, the Will is good hill? Yeah, I have two thoughts, actually. Uh, thank you for coming to me. Uh, number one, in the past 15 games, you know who else has been hitting very good? Eric Hosmer. So I guess uh, by this logic, Eric Hosmer is also very good. And Greg, also, would you consider 10 home runs in 10 games good? Because that's Joey Gallo, who uh, RJ gives no credit to. So I love these small samples. Uh, you know, I'd love to see Will continue to be good. Unfortunately, I, I have eyes. I've watched all these games. But, you know, if, if Will gets hot, no one's going to be happier than me, and no one's going to take more credit than me and Joe uh, for motivating him. Um, Tyler, I need to uh, comment on one thing you just said. No one's going to be happier than you. Mm-hmm. I think RJ and I 100% will be happier than you. because Maybe RJ. RJ. Especially <laughs> RJ. RJ loves nothing more in this world than being proven right. That if is very RJ, you know <laughs> When RJ's right, I mean, it's as if there's a victory parade just around the Shanks residence. Uh, that's kind of how RJ, uh, you know, handles his being correct. And right now, RJ and I, again, RJ, what were those stats uh, in the last 30 games? 298 with over 900 OPS. With a uh, 966 OPS, yes, with uh, six home runs. 
you know, Tyler, if uh, if we we're actually going to look at the 2020 season, uh, that was a 60 game series, uh, 60 game season. Uh, so 30 games, maybe not the smallest sample size. Uh, if we're being honest here, Will is good. Also, you know where Will is good in the outfield, constantly making Ugh. pretty wonderful in the gap catches that really Ugh. do save save the squad um yeah maybe does it look a little weird he's running like a giraffe kind of gazelle-esque you know but that being said does he make the play pretty much every single time uh you know a lot better than some of the other outfielders that we put out there oh god Mateo how's he still on the team oh my gosh it's <laughs> killing me um but I think the way we end the segment RJ is uh really one thing that we constantly say is uh Will is good well, I'm sorry. Good. We, we can't end the segment there. Greg, I mean, yes, I, I, I think it is phenomenal that Will Myers can catch fly balls. I mean, that, that is <laughs> a very in, impressive skill. But part of the reason he's able to catch a lot of those deep fly balls is because he plays with his heels on the track every pitch. Uh, gives up a lot of singles in front of him. So I'm not saying that's his fault. I'm, I'm going to assume the coaching staff has him playing deep. But, uh, I mean, come on. Hey, so Tyler. If, if Will is actually as good as you guys say, we don't need to make stuff up here. That's all I'm hey, saying. Hey, just wondering, Tyler, are you – are you a Padres fan? Because it seems like you want Padres that are playing well to fail. Uh, I just, I don't understand. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, Greg. <laughs> RJ, you know, his favorite thing in the world is being right. My favorite thing in the world is RJ being wrong. So it is a tough <laughs> dilemma for me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, well, uh, again, ending this segment and we'll move on. Um, I do have another topic, but Will is good. Anyways, going on to the next segment, uh, a lot of things, as RJ just said, have happened in the last few months since we've uh, had a podcast. Uh, you know, really busy. As, as, as RJ mentioned, I did get married. Swag chains galore at the wedding. Actually po- uh, posted at the Padres, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. Didn't get those likes, but was, uh, you know, hoping for it. Um, but anyways, in the time, in the time that we have been gone, I mean, there have been some amazing feats. You could say uh, Tatis being the fastest player to 50 home runs, 50 stolen bases, which actually happened last night. Um, you could say Tatis's first three home run game, or you could say probably everybody's favorite uh, moment and friend of the pod. Uh, you know, is when Mateo hit that home run. I'm just kidding. When Daniel Camarena hit that grand slam off of Max Scherzer. Um, I want to go right to there. Tyler being the closest friend of Camarena and getting a heart uh, response uh, in your text to him. What were your feelings like during that moment? Just kind of walk us through, uh, you know, that entire experience that you had. First of all, hey, Slam Arena. I, nice. Uh, but yeah. But yeah I, Are you know, guys wearing your shirt? I'm wearing my I, shirt. My, I just got it in the mail. I, I do not have it on currently. I should have had it on for the podcast. That is, that is my mistake. I have my Impreller We Trust shirt on. But because trade deadline time. But yeah, pretty funny story about that. So uh, I was at a barbecue around my neighborhood last weekend. And my next door neighbor was like, I have never heard you louder in all the years you've been living here. Then when the pitcher hit the grand slam, and I'm like, well, let me tell you something, sir. Yes, he's a friend of the pot. So I was losing my mind. Greg, you and I did a, a, a FaceTime where we both just like screamed into the phone. I have no idea what we said. Uh, I was losing my mind. He said he blacked out. I kind of blacked out too. Incredible moment. So I, I was mean, actually at the game. And uh, let me tell you something. Uh, feelings were mutual. Um, my dad and I were sitting there. Uh, obviously, Tyler and I played with Cam Rating in 
high school. And we were just kind of joking, like, you know, can you imagine your your second A B, you're facing Max Scherzer, this Hall of Fame pitcher who's just throwing ninety-five with with filthy movement and an un, unhittable slider, like and you know, you haven't hit in probably like ten years, like what what kind of chances do you even have? And lo and behold, Scherzer I, what I think was trying to like spike a fastball. It's the only thing I can think of. And Cam Rana just gulps that bad boy out here. I was shocked. I was stunned. And I was euphoric to a, a state that I don't think I've ever been. It was, it was unbelievable. And what a game. That's, that's probably one of my favorite games of all time for the podcast, mm-hmm. just because of mm-hmm. how improbable of a comeback that was. And when you really start to think about it, how improbable it is that Cameron is even up in that situation, let alone hitting a grand slam. It's truly amazing. Is it safe I, to say Cameron hum now? Oh, hum <laughs> now, Cameron. I just, uh, so first off, I was talking about it to so many different people. It was actually the week of uh, before my wedding, which was awesome timing because I could talk about it with, you know, all 150 people that were there. Um, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because it even I talked about it so much that the maid of honor, the sister of the bride, Grace, brought up how annoyed she was with me about talking about it so much for the three days. Um, so, you know. I just want to say, I think it might be the most improbable thing to ever happen in professional sports. The guy was brought up the day before because we got absolutely destroyed, wasted our bullpen on a Chris Paddock game. Chris Paddock, you're doing well. We love you. Um, wasted our bullpen on a Chris Paddock game. That he, And then our starter, who also, you know, one of our better pitchers, doesn't be, isn't able to go very far. So then Camarena has to just it's like pitch in the fourth inning and has to get in that bat. We don't pinch it from. It's just insane. It, it's just absolutely insane. The chances of that happening. Yeah. It's one of the most unlikely events of all time. And it's just, you know, the kid deserves it. I know how hard he's worked firsthand. Like he is really, really grinding. He's been in the minors 11 years. He's always hoped for this moment. He's told me before, like, he, you know, his dream is just to be able to make an impact where like his name will be remembered, especially in San Diego. And for him to be able to do that and to do that with the bat is uh, pretty remarkable. <laughs> What's funny is he was quoted in the uh, Union Tribune after he got drafted that he uh, hoped that he was glad he or he was bummed that he didn't go to a National League team because he wanted to try to hit and pitch. And then there you have it. You know, you, you grind out long enough, you eventually end up on the Padres and you're immortalized forever. Especially if you consider if we go on to win the World Series this year, like, like everyone already is going to re- always remember the the Slammerana game. But, like, if that's a moment in a championship season, too, like, that's, you know, that's legendary stuff. Legendary stuff, for sure. I mean, yeah, that moment I called, I FaceTimed Tyler, and we just could not, it, it just was pandemonium. I, I, I cannot believe what happened. I, I still can't. I, I I still sometimes just watch the John Boy media clip of it just to make sure that it really did happen. And such incredible calls by Orsillo, by Jesse Agler, by, I apologize, I don't know your name, the guy who does the Spanish Padres broadcast. Three phenomenal calls of that Grand Slam. Just truly, truly amazing. And, and don't forget Mudcat in the background of yes. Orsillo's call. I mean, that, that makes it like even you know, mm-hmm. more top-notch. I, I loved Orsillo's call, but Mudcat just freaking out in the background. Oh, I love it. I love when announcers show like enthusiasm, and that also kind of brings me to my point. Has everybody seen the, uh, the TikTok? Uh, 
they cut up uh, Orsillo's calls uh, on like routine plays. Oh my god, it's hilarious! Uh, oh, so, so good. check good. that out if it's you uh, so, are listening so and you haven't seen it. <laughs> It's such a great, that's such a great TikTok. Oh my and then God. A, a Dodger fan just posted it and like was trying to say, oh, classic Padres fans. And like one of the, I don't know, you know, most, I guess, followed Padres Twitter guys was like only Dodger fans would retweet <laughs> a Padres fans made video. <laughs> yeah, you can clearly see the TikTok. Friar faithful. <laughs> <laughs> the Dodgers fans are like, wow, someone made this, making fun of the Padres fans, and it's genius. It's like, yeah, dumbass, it's a Padres fan. What I don't understand, especially from these like Dodger fans and like these other like just spiteful fan bases, guys, sports are supposed to be fun. Okay. They they give us all this crap for like enjoying our wins and like having fun with the season. Like, yeah, that's what this is all about. Like, it's not supposed to be this like dead ass series, act like you've been there before, brr, never enjoy the moment. Like, bro. This is baseball. Like it, we're enjoying our time. Like, leave us alone. And we've this, literally we're... never had this. In, yeah. In, fa- <laughs> in, in fairness, though, in fairness, though, Dodgers fans do say, you know, that we can't celebrate until we've won any championships, and that's why Dodgers fans are always so grumpy, is because they've never won a real championship in like the last thirty years, so they're not celebrating at all. Well, yeah, yeah. especially when you consider that Mickey Mouse ass championship last year. I mean, the Mar- the Marlins made the playoffs. Last they're a year. second round team. They were a second round playoff team. That's incredible. Nothing that counts. Except for Will's season last year. That counts. <laughs> and Tatis winning uh, best shortstop in Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. Silver yeah. Sluggers. Silver Sluggers count. And but, Manny yeah. Machado. And Gold Gloves. Gold Gloves, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some stuff counts. All right, guys. So on to the next part. Speaking of the Dodgers, um, the Giants Dodgers series at uh, Tatis Ravine just finished with Kenley Jensen blowing two. Terrible, just terrible innings, blowing two saves. Uh, I believe now the Giants have a three-game lead up on the Dodgers. Um, so, guys, I just kind of want to ask you, you know, watching that series, I think it's hard for us being in third place to really pick one team uh, to root for. I personally wanted the split. Um, I feel like it would have been nice to see that split get a little closer to that division lead, knowing we have 10 games uh, 10 games left against the Giants. Um, Tyler, who are you rooting for there? Are you happy to see Kenley just suck that much and really blow what turned out to be, could have been a 3 1 um, homestand for the Dodgers to a 1 and 3 homestand? Yeah, it's like you said, it's really tricky. Uh, obviously, we want them both to lose, and unfortunately, that's not allowed. Uh, but I was kind of hoping for the split as well. I'm not happy to see Jansen blow saves because I like seeing Jansen as the Dodgers close. I mean, every time Jansen's coming into a ball game, I'm like, all right, we got a shot here. Um, so if they smarten up and, you know, maybe make trying in the closer, I, I think that would be a problem for the rest of the national league West. So I, I root for Jansen. I, I hope the guy starts having some success here, but that said, I mean, we're two and a half behind the Dodgers. Only five and a half behind the Giants. I mean, one has to think at some point the Giants will have a little bit of a cold spell or we can potentially make up some ground. So all in all, not too bad. I'd rather the Giants three out of four than the Dodgers three out of four, but the split would have been preferable. I yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I do get the sense in regards to Trinan that they really love using him in the Pomerant spot where he can come in seventh, eighth, or ninth against the, you know, heart of the lineup. 
Uh, I mean, Trinan is the Tatis guy. Like they, if Tatis is coming up, Trinan in the end of the game, Trinan is warming up. Um, and that's what we've seen over the last couple of years. RJ, going to you just because you're more of a newfound, I would say, true hatred for the Giants just because we don't Absolutely. get it. We don't understand. I lived with multiple Bay Area fans throughout college. I've hated them to my core for like the longest time now. Okay, Um, that's fair. This (laughs) this is not newfound by any stretch. So, absolutely not. Ideally, I want the split, but I'm rooting for the Dodgers in those Dodgers Giants series. I'm sick of the Giants. Put it on the poll. Are the Giants the worst 61 and 35 team in MLB (laughs) history? I think that comes back 100% yes. It makes no sense. I look at their box scores every day, and I'm like, how? How are they doing this? With what players? Other than Buster Posey, he's the only one offensively that's having a good year, and that random shortstop that's filling in for Crawford. No idea his name. Where'd he come from? Why is he hitting 318? Someone give me answers, okay? I've talked endlessly about how Anthony DiScofani is a trash-ass pitcher, and all of a sudden is having a career year for them in what was a giveaway free agent signing. It doesn't make sense. I want this collapse so damn badly. I'm just sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for that 10-game losing streak. It has to happen at some point. They're not good. I mean, you can't stop Therio Estrada. You can only hope to continue him. <laughs> Steven Duggar? I mean, come on. You, 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 can't, you can't expect to contain these guys. I mean, it, it's, it's always this way with them, though. Like, it's so frustrating. Like, oh, we're just going to pick up Marco Scudero, and he's just going to be amazing. <laughs> you know, Juan Uribe, look at this. Look what we did. Pablo Sandoval. Oh, I, I can't. Ryan Vogelson, that's my favorite one. Tim Hudson, Barry Zito. They, like, how? Why does it always work out? It shouldn't. We're, we're going to block the Padres from getting Cody Ross, and he's going to turn into the greatest <laughs> baseball player of all time for a season. <laughs> Hey, at least the Giants didn't get Billy McKinney. All right. Oh God, thank you. But the freaking Dodgers did. Are, are, that's like the most impactful signing of of the trade deadline. I think. Yeah, but that being said, Dave Roberts is still going to throw Kenley out in the ninth, so uh, I think it's going to be fine, Ty. <laughs> yeah, like, we need to we need to watch. We need to keep saying that Jansen is good and that we're afraid of Jansen and that, oh, no, not the great Kenley Jansen. Don't send mm-hmm. him out there. Because mm-hmm. I'm with Tyler. We need him to be the closer forever, okay? We cannot let anybody else get into that role. Amen to that. I don't know. Watch the Dodgers, like, trade for, like, a premier closer and then still put in Kenley. Just like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. They get Kimbrel, and it's like Kimbrel's our eighth inning guy. I'm like, oh, uh, no, Kimbrel's going to be the long reliever uh, for the playoffs <laughs> specifically. Oh God, anything but that. So speaking of the trade line, boys, let's let's get down to brass tacks. It's uh, it's quickly approaching. I believe we have eight days until it. Uh, Did you just say trade line? Did I? I think trade you just deadline. said trade line. <laughs> Greg, you're already the bit, okay? Don't try I know. to trip anybody else up. I'm just trying to get out of there. <laughs> anyway, the trade deadline um, is, is approaching. Uh, multiple names have been thrown out. The uh, Jeff Passan just tweeted or interviewed that saying the Potters are most likely to make the biggest splash. Um, we've been linked to Joey Gallo, Jose Birrios, Craig Kimbrell, and Zach Davies. Uh, so, Tyler, I'll start with you. Of the multiple trade rumors that we've been involved in, which one are you hoping for? And I'm pretty sure I know, already know the answer, but <laughs> which one are you hoping for? And tell us why. I'm not going to go for the bid here. I'm going to be honest. I, I would like to get Barrios. I think we need innings out of our out of our starting pitching. And, I mean, yes, Paddock was good in this last start. Snell was good in this last start. But 
you know, I do not feel great going into a playoff series where I have Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, and Weathers, Paddock. That you got to have a rotation that strikes fear in the other other op- other team. And only Darvish right now is someone I have confidence in. So if you give me Darvish Barrios, then I'm all of a sudden starting to feel a little better about it. Hey, uh, it takes like that. Why the Witten say you're the best on the pod? Okay, that was perfect. Yeah, 100% was agree. Good. Full send. Good. That guys. being said, guys, uh, what? I'm just going to throw out a starting five here, and I want you to tell me who would you rather take, this starting five or our current starting five. Um, so I'm thinking, like, Denelson Lamette, but a hurt Denelson Lamette that you think might be able to go in a playoff game but doesn't. Paddock, Zach Davies, uh, Craig Stammen um, mm. versus our current starting five. Who would you rather have as a uh, starting rotation? The one with Stammen, I think. biggest start in Padres history (laughs) nails again can we just uh, talk about why this Mickey Mouse title for the Dodgers last year I mean what starting five were we throwing out there I I think it's uh, pretty obvious that uh, the Dodgers got lucky Um, anyways I Tyler I couldn't agree more with you but I'm gonna even say a crazier name because from all reports AJ is shooting for the moon um, and you know as he usually does, trying to do whatever he can do. Scherzer, I, if somehow, if we could just get Scherzer, that would be by far the number one choice. Uh, and I, I'm going off your question, RJ, of like, if there is, you know, anything we can do. I don't know how you get Scherzer. I don't know if you have to do Weathers, Compusano, and a few other pieces get into, um, you know. Uh, I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> so the, the only thing with Scherzer is, in 2019, when the Nationals won the World Series, they were in a pretty similar situation, um, and they, they stood pat. They got hot at the end of the year, and then they ended up winning the whole thing. They're only six games back of the Mets in first for the NL East. That division's kind of wide open. I really don't really see them being sellers at the deadline, and, and yeah. that's why I think they'll hang on to Scherzer and try to go for it, because I think Strasburg is due back next month. You know, they, they can easily talk themselves into making a run i i agree though greg i would love to have scherzer i think he'd be the perfect one because he'd essentially be a half year rental that you could get a lot cheaper than a brios or even like a gallo or anything um, but why do we want a half year rental is what i want to know i mean like if you can get brios for this year and next why would you not want that i no, mean rj I, you I, want I, to give away every prospect in the system for <laughs> you know borderline players you can get jose barrios why would you not want to do that no, I agree. I, I think Barrios is definitely like our, our best option for yeah. reasons you just said. You get more club control, and it would it would be interesting with the staff next year because you have Clevenger coming back, you have Barrios, you have Musgrove, Darvish, and then you're kind of on that fifth one with like Paddock or uh, Weathers, or you know, and it, it gets interesting. And then maybe you even move Lamet to the uh, to like the closer or back into the bullpen role because it just doesn't seem like with the injury that he's had and his injury past uh, that he's going to ever be a extended starter. Maybe he takes, you know, the rest of the year off and can get back healthy, but where he currently is at now, I don't really have confidence in him and being able to go, you know, more than three or four innings yeah. in a game. So he'd also he be could... the sickest closer. Like he would be. Yeah, he would... Oh my God. He'd be amazing, amazing as a closer. I'm, amazing. I'm very down, you know, we only have the shark for one more year and it sucks because he's been great. And I, you know, you couldn't have asked for anything more that he's doing. It's just, I get a little nervous because we've used him a bunch and he's older, 
And I don't know what how much gas we're going to have left in the tank by the end of the year, especially when our starters are already putting so much strain on our bullpen. So, yeah, that's why I think, again, I agree completely with you, Tyler. The Prater needs to be a starter for the rotation, and Barrios would be our, our best option. Yeah, I, I do agree. Uh, Barrios, it would be such a wonderful piece to add. Um, we are forgetting one pitcher coming back next year, Morajon. Let's not forget about that flamethrowing lefty. Uh, we still all believe, I think, that he can be dominant in Major League Baseball, but hopefully he gets back, you know, after. Is this his second Tommy John? No, I, I think, think it's first. First, I yeah. It, I thought it was his second. I know it's Clevenger's second, but hopefully both of those guys come back healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the one of the biggest trade deadline rumors that's been going around is a package of Gallo and Gibson. Um, obviously, Gibson would slot into that fifth starter role. Um, and then Gallo, I mean, if he could play either right field or first base, maybe – less time for Hosmer, keep Will in right field or play Will at first. I mean, I think that is a wonderful bat to have. RJ, I know you're very against that, but uh, I don't hate the idea of getting, again, Gallo, another guy that's controllable for, I believe, through next year as well. Um, You know, and that's a pretty insane lineup. You do get a true four hitter, which we don't necessarily have right now. I love Manny in the four, but... I mean, you know, if you can move him up to three, maybe play around with the uh, the lineup a little bit. I just think that's, you know, that's that's adding another bat that's not Eric Cosmer grounding out to second base. Yeah, it's just Gallo striking out, so that's much better. Um, I, you know what? I'll throw this out there. Gallo, re- reliever. His arm is, you know, a cannon, basically. I, he easily is touching 97 off the mound. You know, get him in there. The bullpen, this is, give us a little help. And uh, This is yeah, guaranteed. I think, you know, you pinch hit him or maybe hit him in the D.A. Oh, my God. uh, There you go. This is guaranteed the only podcast about the Padres (laughs) that has ever said they'd rather have Gallo as a pitcher over what his current position is. I don't know, man. Some of these Padres podcasts are wild. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine a a play-in game? You go Gallo for five, Cronenworth for four. (laughs) Come on. Giants have no idea what it is. Wait, wait, wait. Stammon, you mean Stammon starting and then Gallo for Stammon opener. You're right. Good good call, Greg. I, th- I think you actually bring Gallo in at the end because, you know, just like bring that heat after the Cronenworth. Uh, Cronenworth's a proven closer, RJ. Oh, uh, okay. Go look at the Big Ten record books. Yeah. Pay a little attention. Dude, Cronenworth was popping 96. I mean, come on. What uh, what college did he play for again? I forget. Michigan. Oh, Michigan. How did not know that? That's right. He looks like a Wolverine. It makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, getting Gallo, I think would be great, but God, this is going to be really bad for the, for the bit on the podcast, but I, I think our offense is fine. I think we're fine with Will, and, <laughs> even with, with pause, but like, I just, I would just love to like focus all our capital on stacking, you know, maybe a, a starting, maybe like a Brios and a Gibson or like, you know, maybe some great bullpen arms. Like, I think if we just really could find a way to dominate, Pitching wise, we have enough offense to get us where we need to go. Yeah, I, I agree. So I'll, I'll throw this one out there. We've been linked to Zach Davies and oh, yeah. Craig Kimbrell, Kimbrell. I still think the Barrios is the better option, even mm-hmm. with those two. But like, you know, is that a is that a solid constellation prize? Like, I like I like Zach Davies. I love his wife. Great yeah. presence. Would love to have her on the pod if uh, he comes back. I just don't know if he is the postseason arm you necessarily 
want that really firms up the staff. Like I, if I were to pick between like him and Musgrove right now, I, I you know, that, that's oh, Musgrove for sure. Oh, exactly. That's, that's a good question. We're not like, we're not improving enough in my opinion. So that's kind of where I'm at where it's like, yeah, it helps that we bring in Kimbrell, but then we're still not, you know, certifying that starting rotation uh, enough in my, in my opinion. Quick, quick question though from the two of you: Zach Davies' wife or O'Grady's wife? Oh, that's that's oh, a good toss-up. Uh, Zach Davies' wife was was pretty good on Twitter presence. O'Grady, yeah. it's just, it's tougher because you know smaller sample size. I think you know given a a starting role, you know she could probably like rival her. But you know I I, I would go Davies' wife just because you know larger sample size. My my only issue with O'Grady is that it still seems. It, like it almost seems like she wants to be famous on Twitter, and so That's does Brian. And like Zach Davies' wife was just herself, and they were like, "We know what Zach is. You know, he is an end of the line starter. He's gonna do fine." And that's who she is. And so that's why I, I prefer her dry humor a bit more. Um, but that being said, I mean, I, I'm glad O'Grady's with the big club. I think O'Grady is a great pinch hit op- option over Mateo. Um, <laughs> I mean, Mateo hit a bomb as last at bat. So I don't know. I mean, if you heard in my setup, it was the number one <laughs> moment of the last yes. month. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's tough. I, I, I think we have to get an arm. I really hope we get an arm. That being said, like if Paddock and Snell can have a really great second half, and I know this podcast will never be produced, RJ, but the last pod we did, I did mention that uh, my call for the rest of the season was that Blake Snell uh, was going to get to double-digit wins. I still believe Whoa. that. <laughs> hey, he was 3-3 three and three in the first <laughs> half. I just, Like, come on. <laughs> Double digit wins. He needs to get seven. That's a lot for Snell right now. The the thing with Snell that again it worries me going into the postseason is he's so inefficient inning to inning. Like God, he throws a lot of three one counts. Uh he he has the he averages the most innings pitched amongst any starter in the MLB. It's it's like and then you know, like I know there was that big blow up with the Rays on like why they didn't throw him longer and like you know, from my memory of the postseason last year, he seemed fine inning to inning. This year, it's like, yeah, I get it. I get why he doesn't get past the order twice because it's like, dude, you're at 90 pitches by the fifth inning. Like, what are we supposed to do? So, I don't know. And I don't know what the fix is for him. Like, every time I watch him, it's like, it, again, like, it just changes inning to inning. It's like one day, one inning, he's spotting up. His off-speed's working. All of a sudden, he can't throw anything other than down the middle and, like, everything, all the off-speed's in the dirt. So, yeah, he's the Austin Adams of starters. Said <laughs> <laughs> he's not making people's heads bleed. Also Jesus. true. Jesus, that being a hey, Austin has been pretty damn good for us this season. Like, oh, I like Austin Adams. I, I, I just you know he's gonna be a big piece. Uh, but yeah, that he did make that guy's head bleed. That was really really bad. So, with, so Greg, with, your your big take is that Blake Snell wins six more games in like guys, twelve or thirteen more starts. That's your guys. big take. That was my take in the beginning. I, Wait, I think last, that is a hot take. I think that's pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. RJ, RJ, he was three and three, and he gets four innings. I mean, <laughs> you know what, RJ, in 12, you know what that needs to happen? He needs to go at least five innings for six of those games. So I'm just like, that. that's where we actually, he might get a win if there's a rain out, you know, and it only goes five. So <laughs> RJ, he only wins games at home and in Florida. That's it. He doesn't win in the other 48 states. <laughs> That's that's a hot take. 
Um, but going back to it, I, RJ, I, <laughs> how we got on this is I, I do love – I one, I think it would be fun to have Zach Davies start a game in San Diego with all the fans because I just know the fan base loves Zach Davies. Um, that being said, I would much rather have uh, Barrios, as we have all said here. Kimbrel would be wonderful, but if we get Kimbrel, like, are we just like we're just telling the shark, hey, you're going in the seventh inning? Like, that's pretty much what we're doing, right? Yes. See, I don't shark know if Jays would for, do that. Shark signed here for three million dollars to win a title. Like, know, go but, pitch the seventh inning. But I'm saying is, I don't know if Jace would do that. Jace seems like the guy. Like, we're gonna put push out the shark until he proves us otherwise. I don't disagree with you on Jace. He's like the most loyal dude of all time. He's but so loyal. At the same time, Kimbrel's ERA is like 0.5. <laughs> yeah, but we're also getting Kimbrel on the Padres, which I, concerns yeah, I, me. I, I don't know if I'm ready for the, the San Diego Kimbrel experience again. That was like that was terrible. That, he wanted no out. Smooth saves. He, he was wanted good. out. Not that he first had Andy year. Green. That first year, they were like going for it. And then uh, the second year, you can make the argument. But even the first year, I was like, thought this guy was nailed and I'm watching him go to a lot of three, two counts. So um, he had Bud Black as his manager for part of it. I mean, come on. I mean, what do you guys, what do you want the guy to do? I would have nailed him. That's fair. That's fair. Pitching coach has the better option. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on to, on to another trade. Um, and actually another Cubs player that you didn't mention, there has been some talk about Chris Bryant, um, you know, the, excuse me, the Cubs not being able to, sign them long-term or they're more focused on Javi Baez um, out of all the position players you've heard about, whether that's, you know, Reynolds, whether that's Chris Bryant, Gallo, Tyler, uh, Tyler, I'm going to go to you. Which player would you like the most? That's, you know, actually a potential target. Yeah. I, I would rather have Gallo than Chris Bryant. I really, Whoa, I, what? I, I don't, I don't think it's particularly close for me. <laughs> what? I'm just going to be honest. Like I, I think Gallo's a much better player. He doesn't, I do. I do. I, I 1,000% do. I will stand by that with both feet. Oh, there's the cackle by RJ. You know what that means, Tyler. RJ, I'm going to give you the floor. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just look world. at the, look at the OPS numbers. Like, what, are you, I, what are you talking about? I mean, look at the OPS numbers. He's just a better baseball player. He doesn't He's have the right. batting Joey average. Bono. I'm sorry. This is, this is not 1975, RJ, where we just focus on the batting average. The guy walks. He hits a lot of home runs. He plays a great outfield. I mean, Chris Bryant's average has dipped like 150 points since the, he was hot at the beginning of the year. He was not very good the last couple of years before that. I, I'm sorry. I think Gallo's a better player. So Joey Votto's a better hitter than Gwen then, if, if we're going to just go down that road. Of course, yes. Okay, all right. Yes. Just checking, just making because 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 Chris Bryant is Tony Gwynn. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's wild to me that you think Gallo's that much better, Mister Mister Strikeout or Solo Home Run. Uh, Dude, better. RJ, RJ, he also plays for the Rangers. Like, I, I don't understand. He's also your... just not correct with that statement at all. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if he plays for the Rangers or anyone. That's just like but a RJ, statement. My point, though, is like, you have a weird hatred for Gallo. Like, it I is... skip. I mean, RJ, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like... Good joke. Good one. Uh, Gallo, look, I just don't want to live in a world where left handed Mark Reynolds is valuable. You just I don't want to live in a world where you're wrong, but that's the world we live in. <laughs> Like, you're still hung up on 2017 Gallo. He's been a lot better the last couple of years. He also he has been clubs. a lot better, but he's still he's still him. Like, it's still – He's not still, still him. Outcome. He's the ultimate three-true outcome player. And I okay, but – hey, wait, wait, I have a point. RJ, RJ, I have a point for you, too. 
we have not seen Gallo on a winning team. Like we haven't seen Gallo on a playoff contender. So I'll take the Gallo that's in Texas. I'm just saying, I'm saying too, I, I think Gallo has been great, Tyler. I'm trying to, I'm not arguing with you, Greg. I know. (laughs) I know what I'm trying to say though is Gallo think like when you, you get to a winning culture, when you get to a winning team, like maybe he starts taking more balls rather than swinging at sliders in the dirt for your, he's got like the best walk rate that we'd have other than fam. I think that's, I think that's true too. Then I don't know why RJ hates him so much. I just am trying to create an argument. (laughs) He's not good. That's all I'm going to say. Chris Bryant uh, is more has more defensive flexibility. We can plug him in at like multiple positions. That's something that this uh, club has valued, a la Hassan Kim and Jake Cronenworth. So again, giving more of our guys like rest time when they need it. Uh, I think he's a better pure hitter than Gallo. Gallo, again, I'll I'll say, it. yes, the, the the walk rate is great. Yeah, awesome. Good job. You you have a great eye, and if you yeah, he on only one, gets on base and hits really balls. Far. I mean, other than that, he sucks. He's got a gold glove. He gets on base and he hits bombs. I'm sorry. I, I what's the problem again? I don't understand, RJ. Strikes really out don't. a thousand times. Who it's cares? Like, like you guys get frustrated when like Will strikes. Wait, out wait, wait, wait. I have one. I have one. Ty, I got one. There and okay. do the exact same thing. You'd be like, yeah, but he at least he walks more. Like, what are we doing? What would you rather have, RJ? Watch. Hosberg ground out on the second pitch to the second baseman or how watch many, Gallo. How many runners are on? Uh, runner on first. Runner on first. Okay. No, yeah, we don't even need true. to make it. Rather, we don't even need to make it a double play. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. The There's two outs. There's two outs and no runners on. What would you rather have? Strikeout or a ground out? Ground out. There's a, there's a likelihood of an error. That's, <laughs> that, that's obvious. No, look, my, my big problem What if is, it's in the dirt and it gets away? Almost more of a chance with Hosberg's speed. <laughs> <laughs> my point with Dallas is if we're gonna replace a hitter it should be Hosmer and Gallo like there's no way they bring in Gallo and move Will to first they're gonna put Will to the bench or they're gonna trade him like that that's my big problem I think Will is better than Hosmer and I don't see a scenario where we acquire Gallo and also get rid of Hosmer that so that's kind of where I draw the line all right, well, that's some great spirited debate. I mean, obviously, you know, having Chris Bryant or Joey Gallo would be would be great on this team, but I think we all kind of agree that pitching is more where we need to go. So uh, I don't want to sell the farm for either of those guys, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I think that's all the time we have for today. We'll hopefully be able to do this a little more frequently, not take the whole month off. But uh, RJ, any final thoughts? Yeah, I really enjoyed the first half of this podcast when we were friendly and chummy, and this last half I I hate, and now I'm in a bad mood. Yeah, but the fans will love it. The fan, the Widoms will love it. That's what counts. Yeah, that's uh, true. We 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 do this for them. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, for Greg and for Joe, who's not here, for RJ, it's Tyler signing off. Go, Go pods. pods. Go dads. Mm-hmm.